Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. Your host, as always, Brandon. Joining me, Nick and Dan, to round it out. And we've got another guest, first-time guest, super excited uh, Olivia, who we've uh, been following for quite a while, um, presenter on the Premier League TV and a lot of things they do, and recently working with Chelsea as well. So we're super excited to have you on, Olivia. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you very much. I'm so, so excited because we've had this in the pipeline for a little bit, haven't we? So it's nice to actually finally do it. <laughs> it turns out when the world slows down, Nick, <laughs> we're able to get more things in and schedule opens <laughs> up. And I mean, look at this. I've been on for weeks at this point. Yeah, I know you're 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 back to being a regular, which is nice. Um, no, we've we we definitely have had a little bit more runway to get this planned, but uh, are excited to try out you know our new format with Olivia to make sure that that it still works properly. But I think we have a little bit to talk about, which is uh, a nice uh, a nice kickstart to maybe getting back to normal. Yep. So that's the plan. Three episodes, a bit shorter this week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Be on the look for it. Uh, but this is what we do. We jump right in and get into it. So first one, uh, we have some contracts that we can talk about, re-signed and newly signed. So the first one we can jump into, Dan, is Tino Andren, five more years for the youngster who just made his Premier League debut and League Cup debut earlier this season. He's a teenager. He's a monster Coming out of the academy, that pipeline looks as strong as ever. Yeah, when we were over 
when it feels like ages ago, but actually was September of this past year and saw him in training. He absolutely looked just dominant at the, at the age of 18 with uh, with no issue uh, compared to some of the for other first team players in Chelsea. So now until 2025, which is crazy to think about, we're going to have him tied into the club. Obviously, Frank doing a, a huge bit of showing a pathway and showing a runway to young players that they have an opportunity to make that transition into the team, Olivia. And I think we, we owe a lot of the reason that Tino wants to stay to to Frank in this regard. We definitely do. I mean, even even looking back sort of at the start of this season and you think how many players like wouldn't have got the chance had Frank Lampard not have come in. You look at, I mean, I think Reese James is an exception because I think he would have got a chance wherever because he's that good. But you just look at sort of that that group and we've seen it because in the past, however many years, how many academy products have broken into that first team? Not very many. So it is largely down to Frank Lampard. But I really, really enjoyed Andrew's little cameo against Everton. I love the confidence in him. He came on and tried a shot from about 25 yards. It nearly went out of Stamford Bridge. But that, you know what I mean? It was, it was nice to see him come on and be like, yeah, like have confidence in himself and... I really enjoyed the way he was on the ball. We could have had a could have could have had a goal, couldn't he? It was a really really good tackle by Sadibi in the end. But um, no, I really enjoyed it. And as, like as with everyone else, I'm so excited to see how how he breaks in and whether he can properly sort of break in in the next few. Well, I say if Premier League football comes back, but um, next in the next couple of seasons or so, definitely. My my first thought, Brandon, when you when you mentioned 2025, was like. Hey, we might be playing Premier League football by then. We're, <laughs> we, we may be back. Um, no, I mean, like we, like Dan said, we watched him in training, and then we watched him against uh, who was it? Grimsby Town, right? Yeah. Um, yep. And well, I guess you know, whereas Billy Gilmore is maybe a little bit more smooth on the ball and and can just turn people like crazy, uh, Andrew is an absolute tank. <laughs> like he was able to body kind of more seasoned professionals, uh, even even at a lower level, uh, very easily. He was able to kind of glide through a little bit Ruben-esque to me, just kind of glide through the levels. Um, and he just looks, you know, one, like a, a really great athlete, and I think, two, very technically dialed in. Um, and, and that's and that's great. Obviously, wish we uh, wish he would have scored that goal, like Olivia said uh, at the end, which which seemed like it was just an open net waiting for him to to enter with the ball. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think for for a guy like Andrin, who is still probably a ways off of becoming like a Mason Mount, like a regular type of of player, this shows that he has patience and trust in the system. To me, Brandon, and that is huge because he's he's seen the pathway kind of cleared now he just has to go and beat the likes of mason mount and ruben loftus cheek and all these other uh kind of star-studded youth players who who are looking to get a shot as well so he has been with the club since the u7 level and um you know if you look at chelsea youth's conversation about tino he's clearly to your point nick ahead of the youth game so like he scores and this is back in september october november scored against the u18 scored in the u18 scored in the u18s scored with the u19 scored the u23s 
had a goal and two assists against Plymouth, scored against the U23s and the 18s, and those are all consecutive matches. So he went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches with eight goals and two assists. Clearly, he is physically dominant. If you look at his highlights, he he's literally a man amongst boys. And so this is the right move. He needs to see where can he fall in this line with the first team players because physically he is a grown man. Uh, but technically, mentally, emotionally, these are the things that he's going to have to learn and catch up to. So I'm, I'm thrilled that, that um, he's able to have that opportunity. And like you said, having Frank there, it's been well documented uh, <laughs> in the past that the first team managers wouldn't even go across the street at Cobham to the, the youth setup. Now that has been completely open and the traffic flow is back on. So really excited to see that for Tino. Well, and, and here's the other reality. The other reality is depending upon what can or can't happen in a transfer window this summer, his his opportunity, his time to shine in the first team might be way sooner than we think given, given the state of global football. And so I think he's coming up at the right time, went on a bit of a tear. And so if he can refine that form in the first team, it's just going to be skyway for him to kind of keep on moving forward and moving ahead. Um, and what a weapon, like, honestly, <laughs> dude is, he, he's built like a Mack truck. I mean, he has the ability to glide effortlessly, uh, past players. He can go through them if he, if he needs to, like, this is not, this is not like a, a little kid who's like maybe going to get a chance. I mean, it's, it's a grown man, Olivia, who I, who I think, you know, in terms of body build is, is more Ruben than more like a cross between Ruben and Ross, which is terrifying if you want to think about it that way, than, than any other player that we have. So, it, you know, it's not like he's he's not ready for the physicality of the Premier League. He's definitely, yeah, he's definitely ready for that. I think we saw that. he's He did not look out of place one little bit when he came on. Um, so even, even, yeah, physically, he didn't look out of place. He was bigger than most of the Everton players. But I think even ever, everything else as well, like on the ball, I thought he was, I thought he showed little glimpses that, you know, that we, we that proves he could, you know, he could break in sooner, sooner than we think. Um, and yeah, we obviously don't know what's going to happen with this transfer window, but I know obviously he, he is a striker, isn't he? So we've, we, we do need, we, We've been sort of crying out, yeah, we've had Tammy and Giroud and I've really enjoyed those two and, and how they've been. But um, we do need a, we need another striker. We do. And if he if he get, gets time, if Frank Lampard gives him time and gives him the sort of just little minutes here and there, then that could be that could end up or turn out being absolutely great for us. Yeah, I think he plays a little bit like in the 10. Very advanced to your point. It's because he can just body those kid defenders off. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see kind of where he settles. Uh, within the team, we definitely need more offensive power, Olivia. The professional you are, because the next person we're talking about is World Cup winner Olivier Giroud. Three months ago, on his way to Inter Milan, signed, sealed, delivered, allegedly photos of him at the airport. Hey, Nick, beer game strong, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, allegedly, club haven't confirmed, but pretty much every other outlet has, including our friend NisarKinSelectGoal.com. Un mas año with Olivier Giroud. And I know that's not French, but I can't speak French. So that's all you get. Give it your best, you know. I think that's all that counts. Um, Brandon, I see you've shaved your beard, which is disappointing for yep. a lot of reasons. I had a work, had a work thing. Okay. <laughs> had a work thing, sure. Yeah. <laughs> a work Zoom. <laughs> I did. I did right. have a work thing. Um, yeah, I mean, like, we, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. 
when it looked like it was likely Olivia. And and to me, I, I'm just I'm really proud of the way that Drew has kind of handled himself throughout this entire year. Obviously, couldn't have been easy for him at the beginning. And then, you know, he goes from zero to a hundred in terms of minutes, you know, within a couple of weeks in February. And it's kind of proven himself to not only have the right mentality, but also just to be a pretty savvy type of veteran character in the locker room. Um, you know, we talked to Pat Nevin last week, who I'm sure you know and love. And he, you know, he was kind of talking about, you know, the mentality that you have to have to be frozen out, quote unquote, and then go to basically playing every game. And it's not for the week. I think it was such a frustrating situation, wasn't it? Because most of us were sitting there going, as much as we love Frank Lampard and we we all trust his decisions, that was the one thing that was really difficult to take because he's he's a striker that offers you something completely different to what your normal number nine would, would offer you. And I always thought, yeah, I don't expect him to start for Chelsea. I don't think he expects to start every single game when you've got someone like Tammy Abraham, who's been brilliant this season. But to then not be bought on must have been so frustrating for him. And it was frustrating for us all because he's exactly the sort of player you want to bring on with 20, 25 minutes to go if you need a goal. And we finally got someone in Reese James that can cross the ball. So it's almost perfect. If you bring on Olivier Giroud, you're guaranteed balls are going to come into the box and actually half decent ones as well. Um, but he's been, honestly, I could, like... When he when he first came, I had no doubt. I had no doubt that he was going to be brilliant. I had no because we he's a World Cup winner. He's got he scored so many Premier League goals. He's proven, um, and I'm so glad that he he did prove Frank Lampard wrong really, because the season he was being brought on, we could have done with him. I, I, obviously, you don't know what could have happened, but he might have scored a few goals for us. Like he's proved it now that he did score some big goals for us as well. He hasn't lost it. Um, and I'm so glad we've exercised, well, we've apparently exercised that one year, one year contract because he deserves it. He really, really does. Well, I was going to say that ultimately the thing too is if we extend the contract a year, it also gives us the opportunity through basically the beginning of a winter transfer window to make a move f- with, Giroud too. So uh, gives us the opportunity as a stopgap, gives us an opportunity to at least shore up a little bit of the future for what's going to ultimately be a transition, right? Like, cause he's maybe got one more year for us here. And so that gives maybe another youngster an opportunity to come up into the team, gives us an opportunity to scout and find that complimentary player to kind of pair with Tammy. And, and really, I, I think in, in my mind puts into question more like what happens with Mishi heading into to next season. I think that gives probably has to give him a big question mark when he sees Olivia Giroud on the other side of 30 getting this opportunity to continue at Chelsea for another season when, look, Olivier Giroud last season couldn't score in England, and now we can't stop him from scoring in England. So, I, I mean, I, I love it. I think he's been a model professional. I think he gives us something else, and I will always love him for the thank you, Arsenal, uh, hopping onto the bus. I, I just, you know, he, he's he's blue and blue. You come to Chelsea from Arsenal to win trophies, and hopefully we can get him a few more before he leaves. Yeah, so, again, I I am a massive fan of, of Frank and what he's done. But I think if we're being objective, having Giroud at third in this pecking order for strikers at the beginning of the season was probably a mistake on his part. I think he was probably thinking he wanted to play a more free-flowing type of football. And so Mishi could maybe is more mobile, you know, versus we know Giroud 
get it in the box, put it up high. He'll put the meaty French forehead up there and, and smash it home. And so I think that once, you know, because Mishi was getting kind of the crumbs of the minutes at the beginning of the season, he was doing okay. We saw some some high sides, and, and then it kind of just leveled off. Giroux came in, and you could see he was poised. He was confident, which was a surprise because a striker is a confidence position, and he'd literally been frozen out, not even in match day squads. And so to your guys' point, for him to come in as a professional, to stay sharp, to stay fit, to stay ready to go, uh, I think just speaks volumes of him. And again, no dig on Lampard. He's figuring the whole squad out. But that objectively is just one of the things that he slipped up a little bit. Thankfully, it didn't really cost us at the beginning of the season. So glad he got it figured out as we were starting to, you know, hit a little bit of trouble. Tammy injuries. Uh, putting Jeroen was definitely the right call, and he did it. Uh, to your point, Dan, it looks like Mishi's contract expires uh, June 20, at the end of June 2021. So he is also you know, on that downhill as well, you're probably going to have to look at extending or moving him because of the whole, why would you lose him for free if you don't have to? Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's, I think overall Chelsea fans are happy to have a Leveja. He gives us a sense of safety. It, like he is he, a security blanket, knowing that we've got him in the squad and around the players. We're like, okay, he's a good guy to have literally won everything. Uh, experienced an absolute professional so yeah from my standpoint it, it was an easy call for the club if it is true we've also played some of our best football over the last 18 months with him in the squad though you know and i think that's a key thing that people forget because maybe he's not the one kind of finishing all the opportunities but the way that he was able to combine with ed and hazard last year especially in europe was astounding at times like He's able to bring people into play, especially young players. You, you think about your Calum Hudson-Odoi's and your Christian Pulisic's and people that can actually get in behind defenders, which we haven't had for for quite some time. Like he's he's a guy that's going to help do that. And so it, I think it just makes sense, even if for one more year, you know, to give him one more shot at, at some uh, either Premier League or European glory, that, that he definitely deserves it. All right. Well, the last one we have on the docket today is... Hakim Ziyech, Ziyech. I have have not read the phonetic pronunciation uh, quite yet. Um, So he had some quotes about being on his way to London. Dan, do you want to knock some of these out? Well, I guess the important thing to say is so he has played his last game for his current team, his current side. But they're still training. Did you see those photos? Got to keep them in game. Game fitness. They're training uh, he also, rubber gloves. He also could do it at home, potentially. But <laughs> anyway, uh, he did say, that, you know, so uh, Ziyech said, there are a lot of talented youngsters which puts me in a position I'm used to after the last three and a half years at Ajax to swim well. Chelsea has a coach who loves attacking attractive football and Frank Lampard. I feel the same way, as Nick would say, also true. And, and then we've had some good talks. Lampard is really calm and presented himself well. We immediately felt a connection, which also convinced me to make this decision. And I think I saw quotes from his agent on top of this that mentioned that he had racked up a major amount of frequent flyer meals, uh, uh, miles, and probably meals too, uh, because of the amount of travel that he was putting together to get Ziesh a, a deal in January, Livia. So I, I know it's going to be neat to know that his next game is going to be in Chelsea blue in, in some shape or form. It's so exciting because I... I think this sort of came out of the blue a little bit. Like I didn't, I didn't really, it wasn't much about it. You didn't hear much about it. And all of a sudden 
he signed and and for a for a 35 million or whatever it was is an absolute bargain um in this in this sort of day and age but I mean I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I've watched every Ajax game for the past three and a half years that he's been there because I definitely haven't but just the Spurs ones just yeah just the Champions <laughs> League ones but genuinely those Champions League games even against us that left foot is something that not a lot of players have. You look, he reminded me of a sort of Mata style player. Um, I think he's got more, I think, I do think he has more to his game than Mata does, but that sort of technical ability with that left foot is absolutely, I mean, we saw it, the goal for the header that they scored, that he put that ball in and I was just, and the goal he scored actually um, was was absolutely ridiculous. And I'm so excited. I think he's going to um, compliment our other players really well because they're not, the, they're not the same sort of players. He offers something different. Um, and I'm, re- I'm really, really excited to see to see sort of how he fits in and where he fits in, um, because we do have, I think we have a lot of good attacking players, but that's the one area that we need to bulk up, especially with William and Pedro and the, the uncertainty sort of surrounding them as well. Um, so I'm really, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play at Stamford Bridge. I'm really looking forward to it. It's interesting. And I think you made a really good point, Olivia, that this was not a person that was bantered about with any sort of transfer rumors from anybody. Like it... It makes me wonder if if the club is now in the business of putting up smoke screens for other players when they're really going after like a very specific target. So all the Koulibaly nonsense that you've seen in the last two days, like what is that a smoke screen for? Like who are they actually going after? Uh, so that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think that's probably a good way to do business because if clubs know that you're interested in their players, like the price goes up immediately, especially if you're Chelsea. I think it's especially if you're English as well. I think I think when yeah. players come to the Premier League, suddenly their fee is 50 million more than it would have been if they were going to Spain or Germany or something like that, which is really strange. But I think this, I'd, I'd rather the club do it like that. I'd rather them, them all these rumours come out and they're actually going after someone completely different. Because the one thing I cannot stand is going on Twitter and seeing Chelsea fan after Chelsea fan after Chelsea fan arguing about who they think's good, who they think's bad, who they think we're going to sign. I just don't get involved in it. I just, honestly, since since football stopped, I found myself not really tweeting very much because when there's no, when it's just transfer rumours that really you can talk about, it just, yeah, it really, really gets to me for some reason. So I just try and try and stay out of it. But I hope the club do that going forward because I think that just works best. We used to do a lot more, Dan. We used to do a lot more transfer stuff. And then it became so it became so obvious that no one knew what they were talking about that it was just like, ah, oh, man, well, this is dumb. Like, why are we doing this? Well, it needs to be more like the Fabregas and Costa style transfers where we just pull it off under the complete co- cloak of darkness. It's like, surprise, we got new players and they're great. Like that, that is the type of signings. That's how we need to kind of execute business kind of moving forward. Because it's just... That summer was special. That summer was. When oh. I look back on signings, that summer was, was absolutely ridiculous. Oh, mm-hmm. We need to get back to that, don't we? Yeah, that, that is the way we should always be conducting business. And it feels like with Ziesh, that is the start of potentially maybe a different way of executing our, our business is going in, mate, being decisive. I think anytime, though, we're linked to a big name, th- there's just going to be months of stories. You know, so if you're linked to a Sancho, if you're you know linked to anyone of any renown, it's just going to be a nightmare. So hopefully all of the maybe just below that type of tier of player, we can execute some pretty kind of quick and just, you know, lightning strike signings on them. And then, you know, with one big splash, we're just going to have to accept that there's going to be months and months of articles and stories. You know, to, a couple points here. Um, so Ziek, it sounds like, was heavily scouted 
and tracked uh, by the club. And this was not an impulse purchase. And I think that's one of the points that you all are trying to make about the club as well, is that this isn't a deadline day panic buy, right? This is now the second signing, the first one being Christian Pulisic, who we signed and loaned back. So that was a long-term signing when we did that. This same thing, we signed him a week after the January window closed. And again, the club were saying we can get him for a better fee a week later than in January. We don't we want him now, but we don't need him now, as your point. We do still have William and Pedro. Um, but we know that we want him for the long term. He fits our profile. Um, his statistics are out of this world. So this is how we're gonna approach it. And again, there's nothing better that most fans love than sensible transfer business because it is, you know, as we watch, I'm sure we all watch season two of Sunderland Till I Die. They came in and said, it's a business, it's a business. Like, you know, we're not going to overspend. His first transfer window goes, I want a signing that makes me feel alive. And you go, well, there goes that budget. (laughs) And they did. They broke the bank and they still didn't go up after they picked up their striker. Uh, and so it just, it's so easy to get sucked up into it. And, and, and you know, um, obviously every fan wants their team to be the best, but there is a method to it. There has to be a strategy. There has to be some thought going behind it, um, especially in the days with FFP, which apparently UEFA are starting to take serious if this Man City ban holds up um, and things like that. But overall, uh, that is the most realistic transfer update that we can give you <laughs> at this point without any football. So let us know what you guys think. All right, we've got Tino Andrin signing a five-year extension. Widely reported Olivier Giroud signed a one-year extension. And then obviously Ziyech on his way to London sooner rather than later. Uh, let us know what you think, obviously. Uh, Olivia, thank you for joining us. You'll be here for part two and part three. Uh, her link's in the description. Go tell her thank you that she joined and, and that you appreciate it. Uh, but we do enjoy having you on the show. But next up is part two. Keep the blue flag flying high.